Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. And disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Senator, nice to be with you in person. I love it when we get to do this once a week. You had a very interesting weekend. And I think this conversation, what people are about to see, is very foreshadowing of the presidential election and the conversation that many Americans are going to be having. There's this thing called Trip Fest down in Austin. It's a bunch of lefties in a room, a bunch of young people I love when I get to watch you do these things because I know how much you enjoy it. But there was real dialogue and a real conversation that's important for the country. And and one of the things about this was you got to talk about issues like school choice, which was incredible. Well, that's right. So on Saturday, I was up in Austin. And, and the event, Trib Fest, they do every year. It's, it's hosted by the Texas Tribune, which is a Texas political and, and news organization. And they have lots of different elected officials. They have predominantly Democrats. They get media. They get reporters from all over the country. National media comes down. They've had Hillary Clinton down there. They had they had Joe Manchin this year. Uh, they, they, they bring in. It, it, it's sort of a nickname that the 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 weekend has is Libfest instead of Tribfest because uh, it's accurate. Is, <laughs> uh, it, it, it skews heavily left, and most of the attendees are either left-wing reporters or their UT students who lean heavily left. And so this this event was an hour long where, where I'm up on stage being interviewed by, by a reporter, Patrick Svitek, who's their political reporter, very smart, capable guy. Uh, I, I know Patrick well. And so he interviewed me uh, for 45 minutes, and then the audience had 15 minutes of questions. And as I said, I've done it year after year after year. And the crowd are always these, like, woke lefties uh, from UT. That know everything. Who, who are, are, are frankly horrified to, to see someone right of center. But it gives you a chance. Uh, and actually, while I was there, I, I took the point of thanking them, the, the, the folks who were booing me, to say, hey, listen, thank you for coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked about at the outset how we don't talk to each other enough, how we do too much screaming and yelling and the right talks to the right and the left talks to the left. And in fact, I told him, I said, all right, it'll kill you to do this, but subscribe to the podcast. You ought to actually listen to a view that, 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 that you don't ordinarily hear. But it, it, was, uh, it was a good chance to talk about a lot of issues. And, and here's the first where, where I brought up school choice and they all had their minds made up to begin with. But, but, but here's the exchange. I think this year, 
is the best opportunity of your and my lifetime for the state legislature to pass a real and serious school choice program to provide every child in Texas with, with hope and access to an excellent education. Texas, unfortunately, lags behind on school choice. I am a passionate defender of school choice. I've spent 30 years fighting for school choice. I think it is the civil rights issue of the 21st century. And, you know, people who have gotten a good education can laugh at that. But, you know, it's interesting. If you go into the inner cities and you ask African-American parents, you ask Hispanic parents, do they support school choice, 60, 70, 80 percent of them support it. So I get in Austin... When folks have money and they feel quite comfortable, that they, they can oppose choice. We'll but my a- view is, don't <laughs> trap kids. I, I got to say, I really do believe school choice is an issue that is, is changing. And I think a yep. lot of it is because of COVID. But especially among African-American, Hispanic-Americans, single mothers. Yes. They yes. want their kids out of these failing schools. And they see the damage that these teachers are doing their kids' future. And they saw it at home. During the time of COVID, the lid came off. Yep. I don't think you can put this genie back in this bottle. Look, I, I agree. I think the momentum behind choice is massive. You're seeing growing numbers. You're seeing state after state after state across the country passing school choice programs. For me, it's been an issue that it's been a 30-year passion. I, I think it is the single most important domestic issue in this country. Education is the gateway. It's antecedent to every other social problem. So you think about it. Whether you're dealing with with poverty or crime or health care issues or substance abuse, if kids get an education, many of those problems largely take care of themselves. On the other hand, if kids don't get a good education, if they drop out, if they don't learn to read and write, we know that those problems, crime and poverty and health care issues and substance abuse issues, they follow like night follows day. And so allowing kids to be trapped in failing schools is consigning them to be shut out of the American dream. And, and you, you know, it's, it's, there are a lot of issues in public life. You take an issue like affirmative action, you take an issue like abortion. Yeah. Um, where people of good faith can disagree. You and I have strong views on both of those topics. But I understand the people who disagree with us. I understand how someone can look at that same issue and come to a different conclusion And there are real arguments on both sides of that issue. School choice is the only issue I know of in public policy on which there is literally not a good argument on the other side. The only argument is is one of venal self-interest. The only argument is the teachers unions. Bingo. Who for whom Democrat politicians are bought and paid for and they view it as maintaining power. Because, look, a point I make all the time, the, the, the rich and middle class have always had school choice. Yeah. If you're in a wealthy jurisdiction, an example I use, let's, let's say you live in Bethesda, Maryland. All right, so Bethesda, Maryland is a very nice, rich, she-she neighborhood outside of Washington. If the Bethesda public schools had a 50% dropout rate, if among those kids who remained in school, only 30% graduated reading at grade level. If you had drug dealers roaming the hallways and you had little girls getting sexually assaulted in the bathrooms, the Bethesda public schools would be empty. Why? Because the parents there have money. Yeah. And so they would do one of two things. They would either move, they'd move to another home in a different district that had a better public school, 
or because they have the resources, they would pay tuition to send their kid to a private school, but they would not send their child to a school that was failing. What happens is low-income parents, often in the inner city, are trapped. They're facing schools exactly what I just described, but if they're not rich, they don't have the option to change it. And you see Democrats who are blocking children, and it is predominantly African-American and Hispanic children in inner cities who are trapped in these failing schools. And by the way, the Democrats like to like to, to consider themselves the champions for the minority community and on the single most important civil rights issue in the country, which is giving those kids a chance at the American dream. The Democrats are adamantly opposed. And you listen to all of those left-wingers at laughing. UT. Laughing. Yeah. Oh, how funny, little children that can't get an education. Ha, 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 ha. And it, there's an arrogance on the left that, that, that I think is really disturbing. What is your advice for those that are running in this presidential election on this issue? Because when I, when I worked in the Bush campaign of four, there was, this was a third rail issue. It was a do not touch issue. It was leave it alone. It was okay, don't that's talk. that's fascinating. It, it, was a, it, it was a grand debate. It was two debates that we had on that campaign. Social Security reform, don't talk about it until after we win. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was school choice and school vouchers. It was like, we don't go there. That's third rail. And I remember fighting going, this is something we should take to the people because people that are stuck in failing schools, I was from Memphis, had a different perspective. Majority of schools there, public schools are failing schools year after year. They're failing schools like this. You guys don't understand. If you take this idea to the community that has it and needs it, they will side with you. You just have to explain it. Are we winning now where this is no longer that that fear of that third rail? Don't touch it. Don't mention it. Democrats will beat you over the head with it. So I got to say, I'm, I'm you and I have never talked about this topic before, so I didn't know that story. Uh, you were on the 2004 Bush-Cheney reelect. Yep. I was on the 2000 campaign, the, the first Bush-Cheney campaign, and, and my job was domestic policy advisor. I was 28, 29 years old. I was a young lawyer. And, and I essentially covered any, any issue that touched on law. And so education and school choice was not in my portfolio. But I cared about it passionately. And so on the 2000 campaign, I actually wrote a memo. I wrote a memo to Carl Rove and Josh Bolton and all the senior people on the campaign arguing, I, and so, arguing that George W. Bush should have come out and promised scholarships for one million kids across the country to go to any school of their choice. Lean in and own school choice. And I put the polling data. I put the polling data that showed that, that African Americans and Hispanics, even back then, that was 23 years ago, uh, were consistently 60, 70, 80 percent in support of school choice. They also, at the time, ranked education as their number one issue, as did as did white parents, but black parents and, and Hispanic parents, they all put education as their top issue uh, in 99 and 2000. And I said, look, you've got the issue that is the top issue for, for minority parents. They have an overwhelming view, and the Democrat Party is bought and paid for by the teachers' union, so they are adamantly fighting them. And then I ran a series of electoral hypotheticals. Sadly, I knew I was not going to persuade the, the campaign on the merits. We, yeah. we should have. But, but, but I, I didn't even bother to make that argument. I just tried to make a simple political argument. I ran the numbers looking at the last three presidential races, and I ran a couple of hypotheticals. I said, what would have happened if the Republican nominee got 5% more, 10% more, or 15% more of the black and Hispanic vote? 
So I didn't assume suddenly you get 50% more. Sure. But what but if I, you move the needle I, a little bit? I ran three reasonable scenarios, 5% more, 10 and 15. The one that really stood out to my mind was, was 1996, Bob Dole versus Bill Clinton. If Bob Dole had gotten 15% more of the black and Hispanic vote, he would have won an additional 96 electoral votes. Wow. It was stunning. And I still remember that debate when Bob Dole was asked about education and his answer. He said the word school choice, but they were so painful. I remember screaming at the television. I was so mad at this old man who knew nothing about choice and didn't care about it and was reading a talking point that he didn't give a flip about. And and it was horrible. Well, this memo that I submitted it got filed in the circular file because the education advisors on that campaign very much were sympathetic to the blob, to the teachers unions and the education bureaucracy. And, and so I was never able to get them to embrace choice. And actually, the memo I wrote was co-signed. I wrote it, but I asked the chief economic advisor who was on the policy staff. He signed it. I asked the chief education advisor who was on the policy staff. She signed it. Wow. I asked the chief advisor on kind of urban and inner city issues. He signed it. And frankly, I could have gotten every single policy staffer, there are about a dozen of us, to sign it if I had asked them, I think. But I didn't want, I thought that was sort of piling on. Yeah. And, and to get, but the difference was we were all 20-something or 30-something. And for the 20-somethings and 30-somethings, we saw it as massively important the senior people on the campaign were 40-somethings and 50-somethings, and they were not interested in taking don't it on. Don't go there. And they didn't. Yeah, it's the same thing in 04. It was don't go there. Great idea, great idea, young guys, and we're not going to do it. We don't touch it. And I think it's interesting now in, in, this, in this cycle how this could change the Republican Party for the better for decades to come. So, Ben, something I told Heidi before I first ran for Senate in 2012. I said, if when I am dead and buried, my tombstone says Ted played a meaningful part in bringing about school choice to every child in Texas and every child in America, I said, I will die a happy man. I mean, I mean that it, it is difficult to think of a more meaningful and powerful legacy than, than giving kids hope and opportunity and, and a real chance to achieve a better life for, for themselves and their kids and, and, and the future. I want to tell you about our friends at Patriot Mobile. If you are sick and tired of giving your money to woke companies that are fighting against your values, there is only one Christian conservative cell phone provider, Patriot Mobile, and they are celebrating a big anniversary, a decade in business. Now, here's the cool part about being with Patriot Mobile. Every time you pay your bill, you're actually fighting for causes that you believe in. And many times they can save you money over what you're paying right now. You may not realize that Big Mobile, they give big donations to liberal causes, including Planned Parenthood. That's why I want you to check out Patriot Mobile. They have a 100% call center that's based in the U.S. So you're talking with someone right here. They can help you switch and make it easy, whether it's for you, your family, a small business, or a big business. All you got to do is call Patriot Mobile. Their number is 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Use the promo code VERDICT when you call, and you will get free activation plus the best deals of the year. You can keep your same cell phone number if you want to. You can get a new cell phone or keep the same one you have now, and you'll get the best service you can get no matter where you live. 878-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash verdict. 
You also talked about something else that was really important at this event, and that was the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is an issue that some don't like to touch. I love that you love to talk about it because it's something you care about and you're willing to have a grand debate. And it got a little feisty, especially with the audience. I want people to see what you had to say. This is the basic divide. Every time there's a mass shooting, you see elected Democrats, their approach is they want to take away the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. Here's the, now see, this is what I mean. We just yell at each other. This is, this is not, there is zero evidence that doing so, there is zero evidence that doing so protects any lives. And in fact, if you look nationally, if you look at the jurisdictions with the strictest gun control laws, almost without exception, they have among the highest murder rates and among the highest crime rates. The city of Chicago has some of the toughest gun control laws in the country, and it consistently has horrible murder rates. Because what happens if you pass a law that disarms law-abiding citizens, law-abiding citizens, by definition, they follow the law. The criminals don't. And so what ends up happening is the criminals target the law-abiding citizens. So your question, there are proposals that say, listen, we want to raise the age to buy a firearm to age 21. Well, you know what? I think that a 19 or 20-year-old single mom living in the inner city in Houston or Dallas, going to work in a dangerous neighborhood, has a right to protect herself, okay. has a right under the Second Amendment to protect herself from someone who would commit violence against her. And, and I'll give a stat again. Look, this is an audience who I think has their mind made up and, and, and doesn't want to hear actual data. But, but let, me give you, let me give you data from a source that I suspect you, you would agree with, the Obama White House. You're going to agree that's not a right-wing source? Here's what the Obama White House put out. They said every year firearms are used defensively to stop a crime, to stop a murder, to stop a rape between 500,000 and a million times a year every, t every year in the United States of America. That is a very simple reality. And so when you disarm people, when you take that 19-year-old single mom and you say you, ca you can no longer defend yourself, the data show you see crime rates go up, you see murder rates go up, you see sexual assault rates go up. And if you want to stop those crimes, and listen, I believe the people here want to stop those crimes, but if you want to stop them, you should look to the data of what actually works. And what works is putting the criminals in jail. And I'll point out... Senator, we've got to move on to the next question. But, but hold on a second. Make it brief. This is deeply connected... Just make it brief, please. This is deeply connected with the policies Democrats have championed, defunding the police and also George Soros prosecutors who release violent criminals. Because the same people who are all worked up about gun control are also, by and large, supporting releasing criminals from jail. And we see that pattern over and over and over again. And when it happens, so I've sat down with Texas police chiefs, who said to me, we know who the trigger pullers are, we know who the criminals are, we want to arrest them and we can't because they keep getting let go and they keep committing more murders. If you want to stop crime, go after the criminals, not law-abiding citizens. Let's talk about <laughs> another, another big issue. Uh, uh, we got to move on. You're making too much sense over here, Senator. We got to let's just move it. We heard your answer. I can't believe that the audience couldn't even clap at a basic idea that a single mother who's 19 in the inner city should be able to defend herself against someone breaking into her home, trying to kill her, rape her, whatever it may be. Not a clap in the room. Now, look, 
rich liberals like school choice if you're a rich liberal you live in a neighborhood where they haven't abolished the police you've got lots of police officers protecting your home yeah you know actually if you're wealthy enough the second amendment is not necessarily life or death because you're able to outsource protection you're able to live in an environment where you're not living next door to a crack house at all likelihood um if you're low income if you're in the inner city if you're a single mom you're facing the very real prospect of if you're taking the subway at home at night or the bus at home at night at at at, at being robbed at gunpoint at, at being assaulted and you often don't have a choice you, you don't have another option you can't move to a safer place where the criminals are not next to you and and liberals talk about compassion enormously but when you actually point out that the people who are hurt by their policies are the most vulnerable they get very angry they yeah. do not like you're not allowed to defend an african-american single mom in the inner city because they're in charge of her and damn it if they disarm her and she gets killed it was good for her. it 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 made them feel good to disarm her even though they also championed the policy that released the murderer who killed her they take no responsibility you heard the crowd howling when i brought up george soros prosecutors so they all support but yeah. they all contribute well, they laugh they act like you're making it up it, the data shows that you're not the, the numbers are staggering george soros has spent literally millions of dollars electing da's who let violent criminals out of jail over and over and over again, and they commit crimes over and over and over again. But you know what? They generally don't commit crimes against rich people living in rich white liberal neighborhoods where they say, oh, I feel so good emptying the prisons. Isn't that nice? No, it's the inner cities. It's the people, and it's, it's predominantly African-Americans and Hispanics whose lives are lost. All the people with the yard signs out front of their house that say Black Lives Matter, apparently don't really give a damn about black lives because when you point out that more African-Americans are being murdered because of the left-wing policies they support, undermining police officers and letting violent criminals go, they react like that crowd. Just, they boo you. Just two they weeks don't want to hear it. Just two weeks ago, there was an African-American young woman. There was a Soros DA elected because Soros backed him and gave him the money. Yep. And she was shot, it was four or five times, by her ex- she was in surgery in critical condition, and the man who they caught who shot her had already gotten out of jail because of an activist Soros DA who said, bail reform, oh, I can't keep you here. You don't have a lot of money. He was out free in the city while that woman was still in surgery God. fighting for her life, and that's the Soros DA, and they laugh about that. Yep. It's amazing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. 
Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. There's also another issue that it's interesting to see how abortion plays in election cycles. There seems to be a real taste for revenge right now from Democrats because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and it going back to the states. There seems to be a this is a presidential election year issue. They want it to be inspiring for women and feminists and angry people on the left to come out and get revenge because they say, how dare Republicans protect the life of the unborn? You talked about some of the ways they're trying to get back Roe v. Wade and try to put back these laws into place. And that also had a very interesting reaction from the crowd. Take a look. So twice the Democrats have taken up a bill. And it's a bill they said was to recodify Roe. I get it. It's, you're saying it's not, it's not yep. plausible politically right well, now. But let me go a little further. It, so the Democrats said the bill was, was to codify Roe. And what's interesting, that actually is poll tested. That polls pretty well. But it is not, in fact, what the bill would do. The bill that was voted on in the Senate is a bill that would effectively strike down every single state restriction on abortion. So it would legalize abortion up until the moment of birth. It would legalize partial birth abortion. Democrats dispute that, obviously. It would would strike down parental parental notification and parental consent. Point taken, though. You're saying that. But but I want to say something that's important to understand. If you look at national polling, that view is an extreme and radical view. Nine percent of Americans agree with that view, and every single Senate Democrat voted for that view. And so the position of Washington Democrats is wildly out of step with where the American people are. I mean, Senator, you listen to the stats, you listen to what you said. He doesn't want to hear it. The audience doesn't want to hear it. And they don't want to hear what's actually in the bill that you just described because it doesn't fit their narrative, even though it's not the truth. They just yell, it's not true. No, 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 it's not true. And yet it is the view over and over again of elected Democrats. And they hate when you point it out. Reporters hate when you point it out. Activists hate when you point it out because Republicans are supposed to be on the defensive. They're supposed to run away and, and not be willing to discuss the issue. And what I said earlier in, the, in at, at TripFest, I said, listen, abortion, people disagree. People disagree strongly. And, and the Supreme Court was right in overturning Roe and leaving the issue to the democratically elected legislature so that we can have the answer to that question about what the rules should be decided by the Democrat process, not by nine unelected lawyers in black robes. And again, left-wing activists don't like to hear it. They want to decree their view and force it on people, whether they like it or not, because they've got a real problem with democracy. 
We've seen a lot happen with the economy, and we've seen a lot that's happened with interest rates. We've seen some bank failures, and we've seen inflation. And the question is, if you're close to retirement or in retirement, this is an important one for you. How do I protect my hard-earned dollars? Well, let me tell you about Augusta Precious Metals. Augusta Precious Metals has one goal, and that is to help you protect your retirement through a 401k and IRA that has gold in it. This is about protecting and not losing money. Now, if you're in retirement or close to retirement, you know, you want to make sure you don't have big losses because there's no time to make up those losses. And that's where Augusta says, let us help you. Augusta Precious Metals does it differently. They do a one-on-one web conference with every person that wants to get information about how gold can be worked into your IRA or your 401k, how to protect your dollars. You get to ask as many questions as you want because, look, everybody's retirement is a little bit different. That's why I love Augusta Precious Metals. You can call them and get the free investor's guide on gold. But more importantly, for free, you can do the web conference and ask them all the questions that you may have about can you diversify and protect your dollars with gold. Check out Augusta Precious Metals, 877, the number four, gold IRA. Call them and get the free investor guy in gold. Find out if gold is right for you and set up that web conference one-on-one. 877, the number four, gold IRA. Or online at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You've spoken at this event several years in a row. I wanted to get your take because I wanted to see what the audience is going to do. I was really intrigued as I was watching this online as you were there. It was the audience going to change on the issue of immigration reform and border security because the onslaught of illegal immigrants coming across the border into Texas and what it's happening around the country, seeing this debate change very quickly with Democrats like Mayor Adams and the governor of New York and others. Did the audience change in Austin, though, because it's go outside, go anywhere in Texas. You can see the difference in how the state's changing because of so many illegal immigrants coming across the border. Were they willing to have a different dialogue this year? Not not remotely. Unfortunately, left-wing college students live in an ivory tower. These are the same college students that think school choice, there's no need for it, that think the Second Amendment is unnecessary and we should disarm people that, that want to see unlimited abortion on demand because they're being indoctrinated. Look, they're 19, 20-year-olds who are being indoctrinated. So on, on immigration, the, the, their only view is open borders is, is mandated by justice. And so they don't want to hear... The, the people who are hurt, they don't want to hear the suffering, they don't want to hear the death that comes from open borders because it's inconsistent with their political narrative. Take a look at this video, it's interesting. And, and it's a problem that is man-made. This is one of the important things to say. So if you look at, at press talking points, one of the talking points that you see from the White House is, well, the border is just not solvable. The problem with that is that is objectively false. When Joe Biden came into office, He inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And this crisis was caused by three specific decisions. Number one, it was caused the first week in office, Biden immediately halted construction of the border wall. Number two, he reinstated the failed policy of catch and release so that when people are apprehended, they're given a court date sometime in the future, they're let go, and the vast majority of them are never seen again. And number three, he pulled out of the incredibly successful Remain in Mexico agreement. Now, what was Remain in Mexico? 
Remain in Mexico was an international agreement the United States negotiated with Mexico that said that when people cross illegally into Mexico, typically from Central or South America, that they would remain in Mexico while their U.S. asylum case was proceeding. And it worked. It worked incredibly well, so much so that we saw the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Biden came in his first week in office. He ripped that agreement to shreds. And we right now have the highest rate ever recorded. 7.2 million people have crossed illegally since Biden became president. And it is utterly indefensible. I uh, want to move on to one kind of one or two topics before we go to audience questions here. Let's just think about how silent he was. It's like, let's move on again, right? Don't want to talk about the facts. And if you look at the numbers, since Joe Biden took office, you have 7.5 million illegal immigrants that have crossed the border, including 1.5 million gotaways who escaped Border Patrol and vanished into the country. In Friday, the, there was a dump of, of new data. The Biden administration announced 232,972 illegal immigrants were encountered at the southern border in August. That's the 30th straight month center of the worst border crisis in history. And the highest total for that month in Department of Homeland Security history. That is how bad it is. And if you take a look at the graph that was released on Friday by the Border Patrol, Custom Border, this is what it looks like. And I want to get your reaction to it. Now, this is just the encounters. And you can explain the difference for people yeah. between encounters and gotaways. So encounters are where Border Patrol agents actually encounter someone. They stop someone. They turn them in. Uh, a gotaway is they see someone and they take off. So, so they don't actually apprehend them. They, but they know that they are there. They just got away. And, and let, let's go back to this chart because I, I want to I, I walk it through. So, so if you look at the August numbers. All right. August of 2020. There were 40,929 encounters. That's a lot, although it was the lowest in 45 years. One year later, August of 2021, it goes from 40,000 to 213,593. So August of 2020, there were 50,014 encounters. Now, that's a lot, but 2020 was the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Who's so the president then? That, that would be Donald Trump. Just making sure everybody knows that. So 50,000 in yeah. 2020. One year later... August of 2021, 209,840. So it's increased 400%. First year Biden's in office. August of 2022, 204,087. So it stays up 4X where it was under Trump. And how about August of 2023? They just released the numbers. 232,000. 972. It's nearly 500% where it was in August of 2020. And if you look at this chart, that same ratio is there every single month, October, November, December, January, February, all the way through, you see numbers that are about a quarter of what they are now, a 4X increase. And that's what happens when you have open border Democrats who empower the cartels and, and, among other things, make billions of dollars for the cartels in human trafficking and drug trafficking, not concerning themselves with the death and suffering and misery that results from it. There's a civil war in the Democratic Party right now over the immigration issue. We're seeing, you know, Mayor Adams come out, the governor of New York come out, and, and it's hard to just 
overlook what's happening at the border. There was an interesting Fox report that I think put it in perspective for people, and I wanted to make sure we played it in the video pod. And many people that are listening to this right now, they're listening on audio only. You can go watch the video that we're about to do on YouTube, all right, because we're doing this one with video and audio. Go look at it because this is something that should go viral and people should see. Yep. Take a look at this. I can tell you that early this morning in Eagle Pass, we witnessed one of the largest mass illegal crossings we have ever seen in the last two and a half years of covering our southern border. We'll get right to this video. Take a look at this stunning footage. Border Patrol sources telling us just after midnight, about 2,500 migrants crossed illegally into Eagle Pass. You can see this lengthy line of them stretching from shore to shore in the river. This video perspective coming from the Mexican side of the river in Piedras Negras. One of our contacts over there shooting this video as they essentially bum-rushed Eagle Pass last night. You saw that, and there was another video also went viral, and that was a train coming towards yep. America filled with people. And it's like the cartels have figured out, hey, they're not going to stop us. In fact, the more that we send, the, the more likely it is to be successful. We can just bum-rush the border, and this administration will not stop us. Yeah, l- let's put these these numbers in context. So as we've discussed on the pod bef- before, Mayor Adams in New York has said that, that New York's city is in a crisis. They've had 110,000 illegal immigrants. He says that 110,000 illegal immigrants is destroying New York City. Now, I want to focus on Eagle Pass, where, where if you watch that video, you just saw the people crossing. Eagle Pass is a small town on the southern border on the Rio Grande River. Uh, It has a population of about 28,000 people, so it's a little town. On one single day last week, more than 4,000 illegal immigrants came into Eagle Pass on one day. Now, 4,000 people in a town of 28,000 people is about 14% of the population. About 14% of the population of the city came illegally into Eagle Pass on one day. What would that be in New York City? New York City has a population of about 9 million people. If 14% of New York City came into New York on one day, that would be 1,260,000 people invading New York on a single day. Mayor Adams says 110,000 people over two and a half years is a crisis destroying the city. Well, how would he feel about 1,260,000 people entering the city on a single day? That's what Eagle Pass saw on one day last week. And you know what? They saw thousands more the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And these Democrats do not give a damn. Border Patrol Union put out a very interesting tweet, and this is what they said uh, as they put this out. It said from September 1st through the 20th, the Biden administration ordered the release of more than 100,000. This the order the release of 100,000 legal border crashers, enough to double the population of cities like Yuma, Arizona. Think about what Biden is doing to this country with his out of control border policies. How many millions more? That's not like exaggeration. When the, when they say Border Patrol Union saying how many millions more, that's a very accurate statement because there are millions. Look, they're at seven and a half million, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Chuck Schumer and Alejandro Mayorkas and every Senate Democrat and just about every congressional Democrat, they want seven and a half million to go to ten million, to go to twelve million, to go to fifteen million. They want as many as possible. And by the way, if you don't believe me that they want as many as possible. Take a look at at the governor of New York, Governor Hochul, 
back in 2021, so just two years ago, where she is explicitly inviting as many as possible to come to New York. Take a look. So our message to the world is send us your people, send us those who need the, uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts and open arms, and we'll provide a safe haven, particularly for these Afghan refugees who are so proud that are here. We have already 7,500 Afghans living here already, and we expect to have another 1,800 more. And we send a message from day one, we'll take as many as you want to have us have come to New York State because it's a huge point of pride for us. And we'll support them to build a whole new life. Open arms and big hearts in 2021. Okay, and she also said, we'll take as many as you want to have come to New York. Please come. So that is the approved talking point of left-wingers. Now fast forward to 2023, same governor. Here's what she says this year. It certainly will because about 41% of the people in our shelters today are from Venezuela. They're literally from around the world, uh, West Africa, South and Central America. They're coming from all over, but we have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country, and then you'll have a different experience when you arrive. If you're going to leave your country, Senator, go somewhere else. Now, does that mean we're at state? our limit? We're yeah. at our limit. We have no more hotel rooms for you. And and by the way, look at the numbers. So in 2021, she was saying we have 7,500 Afghans, and we expect another 1,800 more. Okay, so if they're talking seven, eight, nine thousand. That we're good. The, the, we're good. 110,000. Oh, crap. We're at our limit. We, we said 1,800. We didn't say 110,000. Well, what do you think about seven and a half million? The utter hypocrisy. And mind you, you know, you know what name she didn't say? Joe Biden. Yeah. She didn't say Kamala Harris. She didn't say Chuck Schumer. If New York is at its limit, doesn't New York state have two U.S. senators? Yeah. Isn't one of them the Senate Majority Leader, Charles Schumer? Who could do something on who this. Who could like actually do something Pass legislation about it. or introduce and, legislation. And not only does he not introduce legislation, he votes against anything to secure the border. He demonizes any effort to secure the border. He embraces the open borders that are destroying New York City. And even the Democrats who are calling it out, they don't dare call out their fellow Democrats. Instead, they blame, as I love... You know, Mayor Adams, who said some madman in Texas, Greg Abbott. Yeah. Um, I'm still I'm still offended that he wasn't talking about me. But (laughs) the hypocrisy is massive because New York's Democrat governor is not saying stop, secure the border, stop the invasion. She's saying, please don't send them to New York. Send them to red states. Make other people deal with them so I can continue to virtue signal. By the way, did you notice also in that press interview it was a little Stepford Wives that, 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 that both she and the woman interviewing her are wearing the exact same white suit. Yeah. It was just kind of a little freaky looking. I'm not sure what was going on there. I, I love – everybody asked me about it. Do you really believe there's bias in the media? And I'm like, yes, I really do. Like I love when I'm traveling. You get it too all the time. People come up and they kind of want to antagonize. They're like there's not biased media. If you were a decent person in the media when she said go somewhere else, any journalist, the initial response would have been, well, well governor – where else? Where? What is this somewhere else? What is that another state? 
Are you telling them to go to another country? There was no follow-up no, there on CNN not. at all. No, 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 because there's no response to that. Go somewhere else. What they mean, and actually the Biden White House said that, go to Texas. Send them all to Texas because they hate Texas. And they figure if they invade Texas with enough people— They'll flip it blue. And you know what? If, if, if the cities are bankrupted and if people die and if children are assaulted and if they're drug overdoses, all of that is an acceptable price for their partisan political objective. If you're a guy and you feel like you've lost your edge, you feel like weakness and complacency are setting in, you're not alone. Testosterone levels have dropped off a cliff historically. And that's why I want to tell you about my friends at Chalk. C-H-O-Q.com is where you need to go because Chalk can help you fight back and get rid of that complacency. If you maybe want to work out, you just don't have the energy, you're tired of sitting on the couch, you want to be active again. Go check out Chalk and the Male Vitality Stack. Why? Because it can help you boost your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking Chalk now for months. I can tell you it works. It's a natural herbal supplement made right here in the U.S. of A., and it can help you boost your testosterone and get back that strength and vitality that you're missing. Plus, use the promo code BEN. You'll get 35% off your order. So don't sit on the couch anymore. Get your testosterone levels back up 20% boost and up to in just 90 days. CHOQ.com. That's CHOQ.com. Use promo code Ben. You'll get 35% off your order. That's chalk. CHOQ.com. You mentioned Eagle Pass, and and you're starting to see some of these smaller mayors in these smaller towns. Yep. They're finally getting some airtime on places like CNN. And they're doing an amazing job telling their story now because they've been bombarded with illegal immigrants. And again, you compare it to New York City, as you did a moment ago, and it it should make you angry. But imagine being a mayor. You're being invaded every 24 hours with 30, 40, 50, 60 percent of your entire population with illegal immigrants who come across. And now they're draining on your economy. They're not helping your economy. They're, They're draining your economy and they're begging for help. And look at what he had to say on CNN. This is definitely a very serious situation for the city of Eagle Pass. We're a city of about 28 to 30,000 people, and the last couple of days we've had in excess of 5,000 people cross from Piedras Negras, Mexico, into Eagle Pass, Texas. It's become a big concern for the community. A lot of people are frustrated. A lot of these people are being uh, let loose in the community, walking around, and it's just a big concern for the city of Eagle Pass. Not, o- not only safety-wise, but also our local economy is taking a hit because because of this crisis we've had to shut down bridge number one our international bridge with so many millions of dollars flow through this bridge we depend on the tolls of the people that pay those bridge tolls and it's just an emergency situation that is why as mayor for the city of eagle pass i decided to declare a state of emergency for our city because we've never seen this before this is not normal and we shouldn't have to be going through a situation like this in the united states or here in here in eagle pass texas no you shouldn't no you shouldn't for by the way that was on cnn you just heard aaron burnett say no you shouldn't so so i want to pull, pull that screen up again don't don't play the video but just pull the screen up again um i want to ask you what letter is missing from the screen it's a trick question i'm ready go ahead so it says at the bottom mayor rolando salinas oh the and- d or the r 
and what is he? He's a Democrat. And they didn't put the Democrat and on CNN the page. didn't want to tell you this is a Democrat who's calling what's going on. So miraculously, there's not a little D after his name, which they usually do. CNN knows how to do that. Yeah, it's always up there. It is always up there until they realize this is counter to the narrative. You've got an Hispanic Democrat. Holy crap, in South Texas saying this is an emergency, this is not normal. No, 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 we can't have that. Let's have people assume he's a Republican. Yeah, let's make sure they don't think he's a Democrat. Okay, look, South Texas, most of the elected officials are Democrats, and I cannot tell you how many of them have said, if my party nationally supports open borders, I can't be a part of that because you cannot see what is happening on the border and defend it. Nobody does. There is nobody who sees it day to day in reality and says this is a good outcome. This is a humane outcome. It is indefensible. It's an emergency and it's a man-made emergency that Joe Biden and the Democrats want to have happen and they want to make it worse tomorrow. And you know they do because the policies they're following are designed to make it worse tomorrow. That's why I love doing this pod, especially with video once a week, because we get to show you these videos. Don't forget to share this video. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. You can share some of the mini clips on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be putting them out. Share them with your family and friends. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe or auto-download button wherever you're listening to this podcast. We do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we have our new pod on Saturday, which is a weekend review of some of the stories you may have missed. It's become very popular in the last couple of weeks, so make sure you grab that on the weekends as well. And on the in-between days, I'll keep you updated on my podcast, the Ben Ferguson Podcast. So make sure you download that, and I'll keep you updated on the breaking news as well. And we'll see you back here in a couple of days. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.